So we keep on keeping on. Hey, little humans. I'm Norma Jean, and this is Stay Wild, the podcast about how to keep your quirks in the wondrous world. Today's episode, we're interviewing Lisa Wright, who's a clothing designer and has a label here in Bali called Warriors of the Divine. It's become a global brand and she's doing really exciting things with it. So we delve into the space of how she started her journey, came to Bali, how she started a conscious clothing line, uh, her yoga journey, and a lot of things about fair trade and being aware in what we wear on our bodies, aware about wear. Um, today's episode is brought to you by me, Norma Jean. All of my music, cartoons, art, shirts are on my website, njloves.com. If you're liking the interviews, the stories, the content, the inspiration, please subscribe or follow us on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love if you wrote us a review. It would really help. Until then, stay wild and enjoy the show. All right, everyone. So we're here today with Lisa Wright. Hi, Lisa. Hi. So Lisa is a clothing designer and she has founded a conscious clothing line here in Bali, but also I think it's sold around the world. Yeah, um, and she is from Australia originally. She moved over to Bali. Um, so hi, Lisa. Hi. So tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing now. Just give us the like, hey, and then um, tell us how you got here. Okay. So... Currently, I'm living in Ubud. I have an eight-year-old son. Um, I'm a single parent, and uh, we've been living here. He's been going to school here for the last three years. So, yeah, he's eight now, and I have been making hand, kind of focused on handmade clothing Mm. in Ubud um, for around about five years now. So, I the first year or so, I was doing it from Australia, and then I decided to move here, and. the specialty about my clothing is that most of it is hand-painted using an ancient method called batiking. So um, you apply some wax to make your design and then you paint uh, the design through and then you boil the wax off and then from there you cut the material and you sew it. So it's a really beautiful ancient process mm. that originated from Java, which makes, which is also part of what makes my clothing quite unique and different to Mm. just normal clothing yeah absolutely i think you know from everything that i've seen lisa's line by the way is called warriors of the divine warriors warriors (laughs) warriors (laughs) of the divine um so what what's really interesting for me is that you've taken something that's really inherently indonesian right but batik is from i think it's originally from jakarta yeah jakarta which is a city in java which is an island in indonesia so it's a it's a very traditional indonesian Mm -hmm. craft um, and you've taken it and you've really kind of tweaked it to make these beautiful things that people wear all over the world. Yeah, so there's a story that comes with this. So there's lots of different elements to my label because there's that that aspect of the handmade and the beautiful process that goes behind the clothing. And then there's also the story of how I sort of came around to make angel wing kimonos for a living. Mm. Um yeah, and it's really great that I'm able to tap into like an industry here or like a dying, I guess in a way in Bali especially, like a dying handmade art mm. and still support those artisans to continue to practice their trade because, yeah, yeah it's definitely um, something that is dying dying out. There used to be a lot more boutique places and um, the place where I get my boutiquing done is the only place left in the area that will – produce on silk 
So, yeah, it's a really, you know, it's a dying art and it's wonderful to be able to support local artisans to continue to develop and even potentially, like, as my business grows, we're looking now at also um, training more people yeah. to, to do it, which is exciting. Expanding the family. Yeah. So how did you... Um, how did you start your, how did you start your business and where did you get the inspiration from? Okay. So <laughs> I have a bit of a miraculous story and, um, it took me quite a few years to be able to say, I believe in angels and I rely on miracles and not mm. care about what anybody else thinks about what I say when I say those words. Yeah. And, um, so this, this label isn't just a label for me. It's also like, you know, it used to be called Lisa's closet when I first started it. And then I almost gave it up about two and a half, three years ago. I, mm. I I went on a massive kind of inner journey and discovered Kundalini yoga. And as I was, and, and I, that was here in Bali. I was here in Bali. Ah, okay. <laughs> and I and I went through this process where I had the label, but I was I I felt disconnected from it. I felt like I wasn't really being me in the label. I felt like I was. I'd changed, I'd become kind of, I guess, more the real me and, yeah, and, and then I was like, should I give up this label? You know, it's consumerism and I just don't think that I even mm. want to be involved in consumerism anymore. Like I don't want to be that woman that's kind of like, oh, look at me and look at what I wear and mm. or like I'm going to tell you what's beautiful and what's not beautiful. Yeah, so and, you feel like it was inauthentic to your truth. Yeah, okay. and I just kind of was – like, wow, I'm just not sure anymore if I can do this. But I had this amazing, miraculous story that happened with the wings a couple of years earlier, which I never mm. really told anybody about because of my fear of being judged and my mm. fear of, like, what would people really think about this story. And so right. so I'm just going to do it for a living, but I'm just not going to tell people yeah, why. I didn't tell people <laughs> why. So I made this – I had this journey with myself to make these angel wing kimonos, but because they were kind of, like, I tweaked them into being this fashionable piece. Mm. Like I never really had to really, and they spoke for themselves and people were so drawn to them. I never really exposed myself as to what the real story was behind them. But, and look, it's a long story and I don't get bust into it. I don't know if I should really bust into it or not too much, but you can go to my website at the okay. end of the podcast okay. and you can read about it and I'll try and just do it as Yeah, give us the possible. cliff notes. Give us the, the cliff, cliff notes. notes are that like, I was working as an airline hostess or as an online manager for Qantas mm-hmm. and I had had a baby and separated from my partner. So I was really down and out and mm. I just wasn't able to go back to that job. Yeah. had some free flights. A friend convinced me to come to Bali. I came to mm. Bali, didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. This is what Stay Wild is about. Yeah, it was Absolutely. like, oh, my God, and what am I going to do? And, you know, and I was just – and I was praying a lot, which was something that I wasn't, like, really – but I was going to yoga, which I'd never really done much of. And anyway, I made an angel wing kimono a bit randomly. Like I ended up just going into this hand-painted silk store and and then I had this screensaver on my computer and I had this picture of a woman with angel wings down her back. And I got talking to the woman in the store and she started to convince me like she should make something. And I was actually always really into fashion. Like I was always that girlfriend that you would call and say, hey, I've got a date on Saturday night. Right. Like, what do, I wear? what do I wear? And can I come over? And, you yeah. know, I was constantly dropping in at vintage markets and op shopping and all sorts of garage sailing. And I just loved it for the creativity of putting pieces together. And mm. so basically I made this angel in kimono and then didn't think anything of it. A few days later I went to see a psychic here in mm. Bali. 
She's quite a well-known psychic. Her name's White Star. Oh, yep. yep. And um, <laughs> and she basically said to me, listen, you've really found a home in Bali and mm. um, Archangel Gabrielle is with you right now and he's guiding you really strongly and are you thinking about starting a business? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, are you sure? You know, like. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, it was it came up quite a few times during this session that mm. like, are you sure you don't know anything? And Archangel Gabrielle's come back and, you know, this kind of thing. And yeah. in the end I just said like, no. And then at the end she said to me, listen, I think you've really found your home in Bali and I think that you're, you're going to start some kind of import-export business. I don't know what it is. Archangel Gabrielle's here with me. He says you've already started it. And I was like, well, I don't know what it is, like, you know. Yeah. She's like, well, you're going to move to Bali. You're going to be back here within three months. You're going to move here. Right. And so I left the session that day going, well, wouldn't that be lovely? That's such a moment. You know, there's a lot of people that come, come into Bali, come through Bali and they have these really profound experiences. And sometimes they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, you know, and they go back to their lives and and it was just a thing. But for some of us, you know, when you, when you have that connection, you have that experience, it really does change the course of your life. Yeah. And so I left that, I left that day. I remember thinking, oh my God, I wish, and I'm, I really had fallen in love with Bali and I cried when I had to leave Bali Mm. and a friend of mine had convinced me, she'd lent me some money and convinced me to make 10 of these angel wing kimonos up because when she saw them, she was a bit of a designer and she was selling markets and she's like, let's do some dinner parties. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I remember getting on the plane Mm. and getting and thinking on the way home, oh my God, why did I make these 10 angel wing kimonos? Like, you know, I just can't believe I did that. Like, yeah. oh, what a pain in the ass. Now I've got to kind of pay yeah. my friend back and sell them. Anyway, so I had this kind of series of events happen where I get home and I ran into a friend and she's like, hey, I'm doing the market. Do you want to come and sell these angel wing kimonos with me tomorrow? So I took, I rang another friend who had a store and said, hey, can I come in and steam these angel wing kimonos up for the market tomorrow? So I went in to do that and then had this series of events unfold where I walked into my friend's store and was steaming them up. And then she bought one and the other girl who worked there bought one. Yeah. And then a woman in the store bought one. Did you make it to the market? And I, just, <laughs> I literally like had 10. And then that day, like I sold like seven in, in two hours off wow. my back, not even meaning to. And it was just this series of events that unfolded. And so by the time I got to the market the next day, I sold the other three with it before the market even opened. Wow. By just wearing it and people going, oh, my God. Like, and So all of a sudden I sold out of these 10 kimonos and I was like, oh, my God, that was so weird. And then that afternoon, I sorry, the next day I mm. sort of did some figures and stuff and then the next day I went down to the beach and I got there a bit early and I went down and I found this little tiny little space of sand and I got on my hands and knees and I looked up to the universe and I said, all right, I just I feel like you're trying to guide me to – potentially mm. make make these and do these but like I've got no money I've got ten thousand dollars debt I'm a single mother I'm broke like I've just had yeah. such a shit year like I need a big ass sign like one way or the other mm. like I don't want to do this if this is going to break me so I walk up the stairs I'm having this going out for lunch with these really young surfy girls like you know and then this one girl brings her mother along and she's mm-hmm. in a wheelchair she's been struck down by one of those viruses blah, blah. oh my god you know, she keeps looking at me and after about 15 minutes, she says to me, like, hi, my name's Kay and I'm Anna's mom. And, you know, she goes, look, before I, I'm recovering from this thing and she explains it to me, but she says, before that, I used to do angel readings and I'm having these really strong messages come through for you. 
And I don't want to freak you out. And if you don't want to receive them, like that's totally cool. Yeah. But if you'd like to receive, and nothing like that had ever happened to me in my right. whole life. Right. You're like, oh, um, okay. Um, <laughs> I was just like, what? And then I'm like, sure, of course I want to hear what you've got to say. And so we sat down. She said, okay, Archangel Gabrielle is here with me, guiding, like he's here and he's appeared. And yeah, he's basically saying to me, if you're thinking about starting a business, the answer is yes. And I was just like, what? Yeah, like, um, um, and she could see the kimonos. She could describe them to me. She was like, are they cream with like a golden? And I was like, yes. Yeah. And then she's just like, then she's just looked at me and she said, look, 100% without a doubt, you have to start this business. Wow. And I just took that as my sign. You know, it was just too big. A, That's and it was, so rare <laughs> that we, all, that we ever get like that kind of amazing confirmation, right. For what we want to do. Cause for a lot of people, there's, I mean, you probably still have the doubt, but for someone to be I like, too, yeah. yeah, yeah. But for someone to be like, look, you know, I'm getting this message. I want you to start this business. It's going to work out. And you're just like, Oh, and that was the moment yeah. I went back to the car and I remember having this life changing moment where mm. I sat in the car and I kind of always knew that like this, that I never really followed my inner voice. So I never mm. really connected. And I just had this moment where it was like, you can keep on going having the same experience of life where you actually don't feel that invigorated and that, or you can actually like take a chance that there is like on this other side of you that you've never really allowed to be. Mm. And I was just like, this is, but this is your time. Like it's now or never. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of, I had this moment where I was like, you either follow that, that, quite esoteric message that's come through the universe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That most of the people in my life are going to have a problem with. Yeah. Even though I've got a problem right. with Right. You're it, like, right? Um, but where, where, how does this make sense? <laughs> or you continue living life the way you've been living it. Mm. But at the end of the day, I'm quite depressed and I'm quite like, mm. I'm not really. This just isn't working for it's me. It's just not really working for me. And so I went against everything that anybody said like I decided to go ahead and start making angel wing kimonos for a living and and it was just like everybody tried to convince me not to do it like nobody Mm. really supported it and granted like lots of people did it out of their own fears and lots and my parents and things did it out of like and yeah, close being friends worried about being you. worried about me. I'm like, of course, Lacey, you're $10,000 in debt. You're a single right. parent. What, you're going to move to Bali with like a two-and-a-half-year-old? Right. And you're going to like, what, make angel and kimonos for a living? Like, oh, my God, Lisa's lost it, right? Yeah. And you know what? It was the it was the hardest space that I ever had to hold for myself. And mm. even I didn't trust in it, like exactly. Like even – but I knew that I had the sign and I knew that like I had to do it. I knew it. And I moved to Bali literally like $50 in my account yeah and and I just prayed a lot (laughs) and it worked out (laughs) and it worked out you know and it's worked out so far and these kimonos like every day like I would just every day that I didn't have enough money I would just go right angels like you know you guided me here Archangel Gabrielle you say you're with me it's time for you to bloody show up like show up Mm. and I will trust in you and you show up for me. And if you want angel, if you want earth angels all over the world, then I'm here to be that conduit mm-hmm. for the world. Yeah. But you have to do your bit too. And so we would have these conversations and literally the next day someone would buy an angel in kimono or I'd have these weird experiences where I'd be somewhere where I'd never think in a million years I would sell an angel in kimono or whatever and it would happen. Boom. 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 And so it went from this little thing 
which is, I guess it still is a little thing, but it went from this little thing to now being kind of like a label. And then eventually, you know, I found, I really went on this journey of finding myself. I went on that, I went on a yogic journey. Mm, so talk a little bit to that. So you do kundalini yoga. Yeah. So we've had a couple of, we've had a kundalini person on the show before. Um, so kundalini yoga is all about the snake of energy at the base of the spine, right? And releasing the snake of energy yeah. into the different chakras. And then you have an eighth chakra of your kundalini, right? And chakras are energy centers in the body for those of you, for those of you at home. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, what I would say is that, yes, like Kundalini yoga is definitely about the Kundalini energy that sits at the base of the spine that Mm. lies dormant. And then we can work with that energy to spiral it, spiral it up our spine. And then I guess the experience of that is cleaning and clearing. So I see it as like having, like brushing your teeth or having a shower. Mm. It's kind of like doing that for your insides every day. Ah, yeah. So what do you do every day? <laughs> so I, I mean, you can pick different kriyas. Like I pick a kriya at the moment. I'm What's doing, a kriya? A kriya is like a sequence. Okay. Basically. It's a sequence of postures like yeah. in yoga. Okay. Yeah. And um, the kriya that I'm doing at the moment is called the essence of self. And it's about really surrendering to the miracles. So it's about this creator is about moving your body in a way that you keep your heart really open. Mm. So you're doing heart opening exercises. You're also doing strengthening, like there's some squatting in it. So it's about being a warrior, Mm. you know, so there's a lot of like strengthening your legs and yeah. And there's a bit of a chanting to Guru Ramdas who was, uh, who was one of the Sikh, I mean, Kundalini yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan is based on some Sikh principles as well. And so, So Guru Ramdas was one of the Guru Sikhs mm-hmm. and he was kind of like the and Sikh is like Hinduism? No, Sikh Sikhism is Sikhism. It's 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 the largest newest religion in the world. People often get it confused between Hinduism and say, Oh, it's a combination of kind of Muslim and Hinduism, but it's actually neither. It's mm. it's its own thing. It was created by a man called Guru Nanak, who basically was a seeker of the truth. Mm. And so that's how one day when he got a following, he used to chant these mantras in Guru Mukti. And when he would chant them, like he got this following and then eventually they were like, what do we call ourselves? And he says, well, we are nothing but mere seekers. We are seekers of the truth. And that's how Sikhism became. Oh, okay. And Kundalini came out of that tradition. Well, Yogi Bhajan had a really... He had a really spiritual connection to Guru Nanak and mm-hmm. Guru, Guru Ramdas. Like Guru Ramdas was his spiritual guru, his psychic guru. Yeah. So he had, from there, he had a, he definitely aligned with the teachings of Guru Nanak and all the Sikh gurus in that for that to sort of be the truth, the mm-hmm. yogic truth. I mean, like Guru Nanak, who founded Sikhism, was really just a massive yogi. Mm. Cool. So there's a big misinterpretation around Sikhism, I think. No, I mean, I don't know that much about it. So mm-hmm. so Kundalini Yoga, did you do a training? Yes. So I did a training with Guru, Guru Das, who was Yogi Bhajan's musician for many years. Ah, okay. So Yogi Bhajan has, is, has passed, mm. but Guru Das was Yogi Bhajan's magician. <laughs> magician! Magician! Musician! Musician! Well, both, for many, many, many years. So it was beautiful to... And he, he was obviously into music and the mantra, so it was really beautiful for me to do my training with him. Mm, yeah. That's great. So every morning you incorporate a sequence yep. from your kundalini yoga tradition. Yes. 
and that helps you stay grounded and bring in the energy you want to bring into the day. And yeah, it just, I feel like it really cleans me up and mm-hmm. it just from the inside out. So it's a really good process for me to kind of defunk and get rid of like, sometimes you just wake up with crap, you know, and I just feel like when you get on the mat and you do these, whatever you set your intention to be like, and you move your body in certain ways, like it just gives you a different, for me, it just helps me kind of tackle the day in a different way. It mm. allows me to respond instead of like running that mm. story. Like I can kind so of clean that story and put it in the distance and then go, okay, get back to who I am. I mean, so you can respond from a place of peace. For me, Kundalini yoga or yoga, any type of yoga, really yoga for me is can you accept yourself as perfect and divine in every breath and in every moment? And I would mm. say that most people, the answer is no. No. And for it's me, hard, but the we answer have bad is days no. And when we're angry and, I mean, you know, we're coming at you live from the rice fields. I'm like, oh, my God, it's raining and, and there's a motorbike and my microphone's not working and, you know, all the things. And instead of just being like, it's going to happen how it happens, there's this, like, trying to change what is. Yeah. And it just gets me back to like, and you know, it doesn't every day and I'm not going to like go on about like, you know, because today I did my practice and did I feel incredibly amazing at the end of it? No, I didn't. I'm not going to crap on to everybody out there, but like, but did it still make a difference that I did it? Yes, it did. Yeah. You know? And so because I still got to see that I wasn't present. I still got to have the experience of like, oh, I kind of skipped over that bit and I didn't put 100% into that. Well, where else in my day am I not doing that? Where else am I skipping over mm. things? Where else am I not? I could get to see where my energy's at. I get to – and at the end of the day, I'm responsible for my energy. I'm responsible for me. And so I still got to have that awareness today and go, Lisa, can you accept yourself in every breath and every moment today? It's perfect and divine. Not today, yeah. you know, but, but at least I'm asking the question. I'm asking the question. And yeah. Sundays I have these moments where I can, you know, mm. and I have a breath or I have five breaths in a row where I'm like, <gasps> or I have 10 breaths in a row, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's my journey. That's my journey. Amazing. So, and how did you, so you came, you had that trust, you had that faith, you eventually did the Kundalini yoga training. And you guys have branched out a little bit, right? So it's not just kimonos. You're doing other things. I mean, I do what flows through me. And so what happened was that after the yoga, after I became deeply connected to my yoga, I, yeah, that's when I had that kind of, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm in fashion and consumerism. So then I had that big, I had a probably a three to six month kind of process of like, I either shut down this label because I don't believe in it Mm. or I believe in it but I start being me in it mm. and I start being the yoga in it. Mm. And so that's where I decided to change the name from Lisa's Closet to Warriors of the Divine. Yeah. And it was really about being a stand for women and being and and starting to share my story and mm. starting to share my psychic connections that I have, starting to share the divine connections that I have and not apologize for them anymore, not be shut down. Yeah. Like not, no longer willing to be shut down. So, you know, that's where the mantra of my label became, I believe in angels and I rely on miracles. And I rely on miracles comes from a beautiful saying that Yogi Bhajan said, which is, Mm. I don't believe in miracles. I rely on them. Yeah. And it's about living that life. You know, Mm. it's about going like, 
it's about stepping into that life. It's about stepping into that saying and going like expect a miracle, you know, expect yeah. miracles in your life. Because yeah. if you're not, like you're just living this dull, dumb version of yourself because you are you are a divine being. Like you are we are here to be this divine expression of ourselves and we are consciousness just having an experience of consciousness you yeah. know yeah and you can decide you know you can decide how miraculous you want that to be mm. so the label became about me encouraging other women to talk about these these connections and divine experiences that we have because yeah. you know I never I always kept it to my heart I didn't tell people that Archangel Gabriel I didn't tell people that his energy was infused in the wings and that actually he's guiding people when you're wearing them but you know what he is yeah and and it's so funny when you open the door for yourself and you allow yourself to be guided by that intuition and you give yourself that permission you also give those around you that permission permission. and that's that's been the amazing journey of this label because when I started telling people like I just knew it I just knew that people would have miracles in these wings because Mm -hmm. I knew what they carried but when I started sharing it with people especially and owning it myself, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, do you know how many women write to me going, I believe in angels too and I had this experience or I bought the wings and I had this miracle happen mm-hmm. and I don't tell my husband but I'm writing to you yeah. to tell you because I know or like or I am going to start telling my husband or I am going to start, you know, sharing this with people. And yeah. people, like, it's the most incredible journey because that's what I want. I want we are not, you are not Norma and I am not Lisa. And you right. know, you know what I mean? And we're very aware of that. And right. We are on, a, not, on, a, on a spiritual level, right? We're all just, right. You know, you're not a female on a spiritual level and I, either am I. And no. we are like this whole universe that lives inside of us. And like, I'm just so sick of being like conditioned Lisa. I'm yeah. just so sick of, like, I was just so sick of being controlled by my conditioned self mm-hmm. of, like, don't say that and do that and be that mm-hmm. and fit and in over there. Be who you think everyone. Yeah, be yeah, who you think that everybody thinks it should be. be and don't say that. And, do, and it's like, no, like, just really be who you are and be happy to be who you are and and other women to be who they are and be happy to be who they are yeah empowering other women amazing and so some of the clothing that I do too like it has um I have crystals and I sew the seven chakras into the into the seams wow on the side of the clothing and the idea is that like to balance like to just it's a reminder it's just like a little tune in it's like Mm. I'm just about to put this dress on and like for me it's like what every moment in every day is important and yet like I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, do, am I present in every moment? of No, I don't think anyone is. That's not why we're here. (laughs) But this is like, here is this clothing and here's a little reminder. Like, Mm. are you in balance? Are you in harmony with yourself today? Right. Take a minute. Take a minute, right? Put your clothes on. How are you dressing today? Are you dressing from expression Mm. or are you dressing from lack? Because there's two places that we dress from expression and lack. This is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we dress from competition of like I'm. So we if we right, feel like I lack, want the guy to like me, or I, want, I want to be or, the prettiest girl. At the I want party to be the or, prettiest girl at the party, or like I'm going to this luncheon today, and everyone's going to be kind of going to be wearing this, and so I'm going to wear this, or 
you know, or I'm having a fat day, so I'm going to, like, put something on that makes me, like, do you know what I mean? These are all energies. These are all energies that we will carry through the day with us. Mm, It's so interesting. I I had a professor once in college who said, if you have a phone interview, wear a suit for it. Yeah, totally. Because you know, it changes, totally. it changes your confidence. It changes your personality. I mean, and this was at university in in the states in California, and so you know, even people don't realize it's our environment. It's what we think. It's what we choose that really determines how we act sometimes, or or the outcome of of how we express ourselves. Yeah. So it's just it's being aware. It's like makeup. It's everything. I'm not here to say do or don't do anything. I'm not here to preach to anybody. What I'm saying is if you're putting makeup on in the morning, why are you doing it? Are you doing it from a place of lack of like, I have to put makeup on because that's everybody in my office wears makeup or, Mm. or am I putting makeup on because I feel that I look more beautiful with makeup Mm. or am I putting makeup on because I like makeup. Yeah. They're all very different energies. Yeah. And what I want to encourage women to do is is always be dressing or doing things from the place of I'm doing this because I like it. Mm. Because if you're doing it, then you're not in competition with anybody. Mm. You're owning, you're, you're being yourself, you're being the vibration of yourself. So there's a little mala bead that I put at the bottom of these crystals that I sew into the seams of my clothing. And it's to set your own mantra and it's to tune into that mantra Mm. of like whatever that is for you. So for me, often the mantras are, I am enough because it's enough. enough. It's enough to just put the dress on and go, I am, okay, I'm wearing this today and I'm enough. I don't have to compete with anybody else Mm. today. Just that reminder of like, I don't have to come and compete with you, Norma. I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to go out mm. and look at, because we're constantly doing it. We're constantly yeah. comparing ourselves. I think as women, especially, you know, because we get the, we're not enough, not just from ourselves or in competition with other women, but from men, from society. And I'm not, it's not like anyone's doing it directly, no. but it's very subtle, you know, and through a lot of media. It's from through, years of reading magazines. Yeah. It's, from, it's just culture, so the, the wage gap, lots of things. You know, I think as women, we're taught to be, you, know, you have to be a mom and you have to be a wife and you have to be a breadwinner also. And you have to look good while you're doing mm. it and, and, and all of these expectations. And I think when we don't fulfill them, even if we're not our best selves, when we do, there's this feeling that we're not quite adequate or we're not enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I set, you know, my mantra normally when I set, when I look at my clothing and see the little mala bead is Mm. I'm enough. Just that little reminder of like, Oh yeah, like drop that. And then I can often feel into very quickly, like all my insecurities and just like Mm. drop them and just let them go. Yeah. And then take a breath and go, right. I'm putting my dress on and off I go. Mm. You know, and it's just a different, it's just shifting your vibration, like moment to moment, breath to breath. So, yes. Yeah. So that's my kind con- oh, the ducks are going. There's up. some ducks, there's <laughs> some ducks walking by. It's the literally duck walking the season. Paddy. They're walking right outside my front door. There's like a whole, oh, so a whole, I don't know what, it, what's a group of ducks called? I'm just going to call them a posse. Is it a, it's a gaggle is geese. It's but not pod, pods, whales. I don't know. <laughs> it might be a pod. Might be a pod of ducks. Anyway, a whole flock. Flock? anyway it was really cute yeah Um, but yeah so that I guess that 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 then turned my label into doing something that I felt you know like is my label perfect no it's not is it consumerism yes it is do I do like do I use materials that aren't particularly great for the environment yes I do you know but 
I feel that there's enough in what I'm doing. Like I came to terms with like there's enough in what I'm doing that it's it's making a positive impact. Mm. And as an independent label, when I can do better, I will do better. And that is my, that's mm. kind of my resolve. And at the moment, like, because my label's growing and because, you know, I'm just a single mum doing my best, I can't afford sometimes, like, would I like to use vegan silk? Yes, I would. Can I use mm. vegan silk at the moment? No, I can't. I it's don't know what expensive. vegan silk is. <laughs> okay, so like, you know, just things like that. Like vegan silk is not, is using silk that, that, the silk, the worms aren't boiled to get the, oh, right. you okay. know, so they're, they're treated in a different way. Now it's double the price. Right. And like, if I could, if I was bigger and I could buy in more bulk, I could probably like start to use, and mm. I'm just going to start to introduce vegan silk. And, but what I'm about doing is also like in yoga, I learned that like, there's nothing wrong with the world. The world is actually perfect and divine in every breath, in every moment, just mm. as it is right now too. So this whole like making people wrong thing is something I think about a lot. Yeah. But and also, I mean, it's, I think it's doing the best, doing our best all the time. And our best yeah. isn't this infinite global best, right? Yeah. It's not, well, I'm presented with all the options and I chose, you know, the one that wasn't best because I didn't want it. It was, this is the best option I can do at this point yes. as me. And I think that that's the responsibility. I think that like it's not about then going, oh, well, everything's perfect and divine. I've got no responsibility in anything. I do have a responsibility to use, you know, mm. practices. And my minimum result yeah. with my label is that no human being suffers. Yeah, you, you, you've been posting a bit about fair trade, yeah. right? So it's my belief that in this day and age that we have enough sense that like most people should be able to produce their clothes without a human being suffering. Mm. I mean, do we really want that? Like, do we really want to wear something, wear a vibration where somebody else suffered mm. or someone lost their childhood, you know, in order to get so, it $5 so that you cheaper. got it $5 cheaper or $15 cheaper? I mean, or twenty, even $20, $25 cheaper. I mean, like this whole thing that goes on in Australia with like, you know, towels and things that are like $3, I mean, Mm. I just, I, I walk into places like that. I see that. I have to walk out now, yeah. especially being someone that's a designer because it's you've just seen like, what the back and end you can is feel like. it. Like, mm. you know, like you just ignore it, but you go and you go in and you see a towel for $3. Like someone made that towel. Right. You, you got to add that up, you yeah. know, like that's just not adding up. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what country, like that yeah. just doesn't add up. So my minimum resolve is that. And then I'm like, and then whatever I can do, better as I have more resources, as I have more cash flow, as I have more, then I do do better. And, you know, this year I will purchase a roll of vegan silk and I will make up some kimonos. That's exciting. And I'll charge $500 instead of like $349 for them and I'll put them on my website. But I'll encourage anyone that if it's in their means and capabilities to buy that version please buy that version. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But then at the same time, some people won't be able to buy that version. $500 is a lot. <laughs> it's like, a lot of money. That's a big purchase. I've been wanting one of Lisa's kimonos for a long time and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's it's a goal. It's definitely a big purchase. But what it does is that it brings awareness. Like it's, I'm not just this fashion label that's all about looking good and it's like, oh, wear this and look good and look mm. good and looking good. It's just like, no, it's like these are like, let's look at some of these things going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And let's tackle them. And I have an opportunity to bring awareness to people that want one want to look good, but also 
want to like, feel good about what, like yeah. want to start feeling good about the choices that they're making in their life and mm. the things that they're doing in their life and you know I have I had um I won't go into who it was but someone recently attacked me about you know using rayon and using these things and they're, they're someone that's got quite a lot of money and you know, mm-hmm. anyway, they built their money out of consumerism and then sort of like turned around with all their money and now doing really good. And, <laughs> and I just like said to, said to this person in the end, you know, making someone bad about what they're doing, it doesn't hold a space for people to change. No. Like I don't think it's a catalyst for people to change. It doesn't, yeah, like when someone, if you go to someone and say that's wrong, like immediately someone feels like. Right. But you you're, know. when I think when you, what I realized recently is that when I cast judgment yeah. against people, I'm preventing myself from seeing things from their side or having an experience. Yeah. So when people cast judgment against other people about their decisions, you're looking at it from all of the opportunity and all of the resources that you have, yeah. right? All the privilege that you have. Yeah. So it's, it's so interesting when you talk about like doing the best. I mean, I think fair trade fashion is, is amazing, you know, and, and to be able to, yeah, to, I mean, to really, you know, be confident in the fact that everything that you're wearing is helping someone build their life, not contributing Mm. to their, you know, detriment. Yeah. 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 And I just, what I really want to be is I want to be someone that doesn't ever tell anybody that they're right or wrong. I want to be somebody that just might. Tells them that they're loved. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to, and I want to be somebody that just might inspire them mm. to tune into their choice mm. and go, actually, like with all this choice, I choose, I, you know, like people mm. might see my posts and go, oh, actually, what are the other labels that I'm buying from doing? Right. So just to you know ask I mean? that question. Just to ask the question. And mm. you can go to other labels and just in a really nice way. Don't be like, oh, you're not fair trade, fair trade, that's bad, because I don't want anybody to go and do that. I'm not good. I'm not I'm not more amazing because I'm fair trade and this other person isn't. Mm. But there's an opportunity for people to move towards fair trade. And I think that if we go and we ask other labels, like, why like, can I just ask you why you're not fair trade instead of like, you're not fair trade, that's bad. Right. And get them to and answer. Have the conversation. And have the conversation. Start the conversation. Start the conversation. Start the conversation. You know? Um, Amazing. Well, we're yeah. going to take a short break. We'll be back in a second. We'll get back to the show in a minute. Today's show is sponsored by me, Norma Jean, living my life as an artist in Ubud, Bali. My shirts and all of my cartoons, I draw an original, inspirational cartoon every day on my website. And all of my original singer-songwriter music is on my website, njloves.com. So have a look, check it out. Follow me on Instagram at Norma Jean Loves Doodles. And back to the show. Before the break. Fair trade, yeah, right. And so, for a lot of people, just to be real clear, what does that mean? What that means is, I mean, it's a bit ambiguous because it's different around the world. But here in Ubud, for me, in Indonesia, in Indonesia, it means that every worker, every worker start that starts from start to finish, mm. that's involved with making my product, mm. receives a fair working like a fair trade working wage. Like a living wage. So in, in, in Indonesia, in Ubud right now, the government uh, speculates that the minimum fair trade wage is 2 million rupiah. Mm-hmm. So every single person that works out 
making my clothes, they all receive that wage. And they also receive, for me, it also means that they also receive a safe working environment. Mm -hmm. So the equipment is checked, you know, the PowerPoints are safe, there's ventilation, Mm -hmm. you know, all those kind of things. For me, that's really important. I don't want Mm -hmm. someone making clothes but over time getting sick from making the clothes. Yeah. So I don't want someone electrocuting themselves and then they don't have their mum like and then a little child doesn't have their mum to go home to. So those yeah. things are really, really, really important. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world where, you know, there's not access for people if there's a fire and stuff. And, you know, you know, you just have to go- just Google that. But Google, you know. <laughs> we'll have what, it in the show notes. We'll yeah, some just, stuff go- about that in the just show notes. Google some of that stuff. But, like, for me, that's my minimum resolve and that's mm. – um, I'm not certified fair trade, mm. but, you know, like – I don't want to pay thousands of dollars to get certified the fair certification. trade, but like, but uh, you follow those guidelines. But I follow those guidelines, and I know that, and I feel a hundred percent confident about telling. I share videos on my mm. Instagram page. You know, yeah, you, you I've know, seen them. They're you, beautiful. You, you get to meet the people that make my clothes. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. making anything up. So. Yeah. So, what are some tips that you have for the Stay Wild listeners about things that they can do to? If they want to buy fair trade or if they want to look more into how their clothes are being made, what can we do? Okay. So there's a really great new initiative on Instagram called hashtag who made my clothes. Oh, who yeah. made my clothes? Who made my clothes. And so it's a really good initiative because people that are working fair trade or, you know, putting principles in and doing their best to kind mm. of work with human rights and environmental issues are tagging, you know, so as a, as a clothing label, I can tag that and then you can search that hashtag. And then also vice versa, like it's really great for you as a consumer to write to some of your favorite brands and say, hey, you know, I love buying your product. I've got three of your dresses, but in, for my future purchases, I just really love some more information on who made my, and hashtag who made my clothes. Right. You know, and it's just encouraging people now to like take accountability and um, the more labels that aren't doing it, get asked the question yeah who made my clothes right the bigger the conversation the bigger, gets. The, the more it gets highlighted to them mm, this is a conversation this is something that people are starting to want i'm gonna have to do something about this mm. it's really great yeah and i like the way it's being asked because it's in a non-threatening way yeah i think it's important to have those conversations that the other side has a chance to engage rather than shut off yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Lisa, where can people find you in your beautiful yeah. kimonos? Okay, you can find me at www.warriorsdivine, W-A-R-R-I-O-R-S-D-I-V-I-N-E.com, and I ship worldwide. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can, ship all around the I world. I ship all around the world. And then your Instagram's pretty great. Lisa's one of my Instagram. <laughs> I love her. We're Instagram buddies. Um, so what's your Instagram again? It's at... Um, warriors, warriors of the divine is the Instagram. So at warriors of the divine. That's right. So the website is warriorsdivine.com and the Instagram is at warriors of the divine. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. I was going to say, I just wanted to add one thing Yeah. because I know that you're all about keeping wild. And so if you do go to my Instagram account, you'll see that the one thing that I love to do to keep wild is go for nudie swims. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so if you follow my Instagram, even though like the pictures are usually quite far away. Yeah. Um, yes. I do I like we, to yeah. go. I do like to stay wild and go for nudie swims. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, thanks Lisa. Thank you. Bye.
All right, little humans, big thanks to Lisa Wright for coming on the show today. Here's today's toast poem, and it's unrelated, (laughs) but it's about, I guess, wisdom with age, I, I guess. Here we go. I've changed, I guess, or rather slowed down, caught in the compromise of life, learning to be content with a more realistic view of success. The fight looks different once you've been in it long enough. You learn to cherish the little wins and never stop fighting for the big ones. It's a slower fight, more decent, with room for human things like living, but a fight nonetheless. Some give up the very thing worth fighting for just to keep up the fight. Others never compromise. Their souls become weary of the constant struggle. That's our show for today, little humans. Big thanks to Lisa Wright from Warriors of the Divine. Today's show is brought to you by me, Norma Jean. I'm a singer, songwriter, original, inspirational cartoon doodler, and I have a line of shirts. All of my artwork is available at njloves.com. If you're digging the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, and write us a review if you can. It would really help. We're coming at you live from the rice fields of Ubud, Bali right now. And as you can hear the rain as the sun sets, I just want to say thank you to all of you. And until next time, stay wild. So we keep on keeping on.